What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. People overcomplicate networking. I've talked to a lot of people, especially leading up to render. They were like, I've got a 30 minute elevator pitch. I said, first off, that elevator is broken. I knew nine to fives existed. I didn't know how to find them. And this is why I'm so passionate about what I do is because I didn't know how to get a nine to five job. I didn't know how to use LinkedIn. I didn't know what the fuck Twitter was. I didn't know all this stuff. And I went to a business school. Now, don't knock South Carolina education. That's a whole nother maybe conversation. Listen, one of the best things I was ever told by one of my former bosses in Raleigh, they said, if it's not right at home, it's not gonna be right at work. Ooh. We're not talking anything career It's a hard left turn. Hey, this, so this is life. Hard. This is we're real. Taking, we're going to church right now. For real. We're going to church. This is real. Hey, look, On a Friday at yeah. 7. <laughs> I grew up dad. We only did church on Sundays and Wednesdays. This Friday thing is some Pentecostal oh, bullshit. Hey, right we got here. Anybody got the snake? Who's got the snake in here? Who's got the turtle? Who's saying the snake? All right, look, y'all. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm dead. Go ahead. All right, guys. So in this next episode, as you can tell, I'm laughing. Usually when I'm laughing, that means Eric and the guests that we have are cracking on me or we're joking about something. I'm really excited about this conversation that we're going to have uh, because the guest that we have today is one of the most important types of guests that we have, which is a recruiter, but not just a recruiter, a recruiter that I've also seen hosting at tech events, a recruiter that I've seen speaking multiple times, giving layers on layers of tips and advice when it comes to networking, when it comes to scaling in the industry, when it comes to interview questions, a variety of different things that are really gonna help people out uh, during this episode. But also we're gonna go a little bit deeper about some other topics that we have yet to touch on during Tech is a New Black. Taylor, thanks for being on here, bro, for Tech is a New Black. Yeah, man, this is great. This is great. I'm really excited we got to uh, work this out. Yeah, man, super happy, man. Happy that you were, uh, you were able to make the time, dude. Yeah, yeah. of course, man, I always make time for you. So yeah. Also, it's just nice that Nashville's only like a three-hour drive down. Yeah. So right. Nice, nice, nice little, nice little trip. Listen to a couple yeah. podcasts. That's it. I mean, honestly, like listen to a couple podcasts. Like I think I looked at my phone the whole trip. I didn't know how I got here. So. <laughs> Don't. I was about to say probably watched a whole bunch of YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I got here. Like, how did I get here? <laughs> Where am I? Hey, yeah. I got a self-driving car, but it was driving itself anyway. <laughs> yeah, boy, that 2007 Toyota Camry drove itself. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. We here, bro. So, so we met. Uh, we met like on in a, like a group type of Zoom call or Google Meet call. Yeah, it was uh, both of us being. I think you and I were the only ones with cameras on, which actually now that I got to know you, I think fits our personality both really well. Oh yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. So, so we were a different hosts for Render ATL. Correct. And uh, they had like basically a variety of hosts that were just hosting different rooms, inviting on people, uh, inviting people up on stage. There were a few different things that we dealt with there, and but but very quickly, I, I enjoyed all the hosts. All the hosts was like a dope. Group oh, of I was. I thought, I thought our group was was pretty cool. Yeah, it was super super cool. Yeah, I, but I like. Personally, I feel like I clicked with Taylor. I said, "Yo, I like this dude so much. He's so cool." And I'm sure a lot of people would feel that way about you. Don't uh, let my wife see that. She's like, the so, hell are you talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she lives with you, though. So yeah, she <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, man, after watching a lot of uh, a lot of your content, I was like, yo, like, man, like, this guy gives a lot of nuggets and gems, a lot of insights. And I was like, yo, man, man, we got to we gotta collaborate. We got to do some stuff mm -hmm. together. And uh, you brought me on your platform. I was able to communicate some things with your yep, audience, yep. which I appreciate you for that. And I was like, man, gotta have you on Tech as a New Black because there's just just a wealth of knowledge that you have, experience, nuggets, and even some things you've gone through recently. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much to unpack that, that people would gain immense value from. And so, uh, so let's let's go ahead and jump into it though. 
So first off, what was your experience like hosting at Render? And also, was that your first time hosting? I mean, I, I think, I mean, if you count hosting my own podcast, then it wasn't my first time. But if you're talking about just hosting a, a conference, that was my first time. Bruh, you did an incredible job. I appreciate that. I, I, was, tell, I was telling that off camera because I've seen a variety of, of hosts at different events. And I'm a, I'm a very nitpicky person. I'm, I'm very judgmental. of, But yeah, also, I'm very fair. judgmental of myself as well. But I'm very judgmental. And I'll see hosts and I'm like, this host is t- trash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like going Sunday praise and worship. I judge praise and worship like crazy. And if it ain't oh. good, I can't worship. I'm leaving. Oh. <laughs> Same thing with the host. If you suck, I'm out. That's so real. That's so real. Man, but I remember uh, popping in because it, it was pretty challenging at times hosting there. there. There were issues. Issues always happen at different events, but there were some issues uh, that were that were coming up. And all of us as hosts were, as leaders, were trying to kind of manage things. On yeah, our yeah. To not put things on the event, make sure that we were kind of holding our own fort down. And I remember kind of popping in and seeing you do your thing. And I said, yo, like, Taylor... I feel like he's he's doing a better job at managing this than a lot of the rest of us are. And I was kind of taking some notes. I was like, okay, he's doing this. Okay, I'm going to do that. He's doing this. Okay, I'm doing that. And uh, so it's crazy to me that that was your first time hosting. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you say that, I mean, because since that was your first time hosting an event, yeah. what do you think that you've done? Because I know there are a lot of people that either are in tech or mm-hmm. are looking to get in the industry. And are like, man, you know, I, I want to host, or I, yeah. I like hosting, or that's something that they would like to do. Because, because to be very clear, we got paid for it. Right. So I didn't even know we were gonna get paid for it. Yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, this fits my brand. Yeah, yeah, I host. Yeah, and it was like, oh, yeah, I get a few thousand dollars for doing this. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. So yeah. for those of y'all that are interested, and, and again, not just Render, but there's a variety of like a crap ton of tech you can't even keep up with all of them. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yo, that could be something that that you could look into. So I want to know. What did you do or what do you think was seen of you that allowed you to be tapped on the shoulder to be a host? You know, I, I'm I'm just happy to be in rooms. I mean, I, I think for me, I grew up I grew up for the last 12 years being a recruiter of a traditional sense. I mean, I'm still a recruiter now, but like we, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure. But, you know, I, I was an agency recruiter and agency recruiters um, are the used car salesmen of today's world. Right. I mean, people hate us. For the most part, unless you need a job, um, and then you'll finally take our calls. Wish you would take our calls before you need a job. It'll make things a little bit more fun. But you know, for me, I, I, I've realized early on that I just, I was just, ha- I just wanted to get into rooms, yeah. and I wanted to get into rooms with the people who I was trying to to put in jobs. And and what I realized early on in my career was I. I, 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 I th- there was something broken with the recruiting model. Okay. Um, there was something broken with the agency model because I was like, man, all we do is cold call and LinkedIn DM. Mm. I, I mean, I'm sorry. How many of y'all answer your call? How many of y'all answer calls even when your mom calls? Man, let me not say. I, let me not say. I mean, I don't that often, and my mom's probably gonna see this clip. She'd be like, <laughs> great. But at the end of the day, like no one answers their calls. I get mad mm-hmm. when I get a call. Like, who the hell's calling me? Text me. Yeah. Even in my voicemail, I go, hey, uh, I'm not going to listen to it. Just text me. I literally say that. <laughs> I need to start saying that. Yeah. And literally my insurance, my insurance call, she goes, hi, um, I really hope you get this voicemail. Um, but yeah. Anyways, all that being said, I realized there had to be a change. And, and, and one thing I really um, pride myself on is is poking holes in everything. Like, okay. why are we doing this? Right. And, and so... I just wanted to meet people where they're at. And I yeah. think that I think that's kind of my ethos and how I do business and how I build relationships. And, and I think there's a lot there um, you know, that we can unpack. But mm-hmm. I knew I needed to just get in the rooms of the people I wanted to be with. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me, um, I had the opportunity to my podcast, um, Guidance Counselor 2.0. I interviewed Justin. I saw Justin on Twitter. Oh, fire. I saw Justin on Twitter and I said, I said, hey, man, uh, I like what you're doing. Uh, can we talk? We hit it off. And then he was like, hey, I want to have Render sponsor your podcast. Oh, that's fire. And I said, great. Don't know what that means, but let's do it. And um, and then um, I had an opportunity to actually work on staff at Render for, for, for a second. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, and then I had the opportunity to host. And, and all, all I did was just um, just be me and just yeah. be present um, and, and honestly just treat people with respect. 
um, and kindness. I think those two things are highly underrated. And also, too, one thing I've realized in my career, and I think for anybody who watches this clip, if, if you do chop the, if your video guy chops this clip up, uh, is is I think I think bringing energy to a room is an incredibly underrated thing that no one talks about. Yeah, facts. I, I think I think if you can walk in a room. And, and whether it's 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. and you can have the energy and you get people excited around you, yeah. people are gonna gravitate towards you and people are gonna wanna be with you and it's gonna open up doors that you never thought were possible. Mm -hmm. Bro, that's that's so rare. And you know what, that, that definitely reflects who you are as a person because you bring a level of energy to, I mean, every time I've ever seen you, you bring a certain level of energy where you definitely like brighten up the room. Appreciate that. And uh, so I, I definitely see that and I can see how that's allowed you to be in spaces and get getting yeah. certain opportunities because i mean people people want someone like that around people want people want to feel heard which is really funny because like i'm working on that in personal counseling so making people feel heard because i'm listening shit but like at the <laughs> end of the day like people want to feel heard people want to feel like they're a part of something yeah. and i think people people need a champion Mm -hmm. Right, and I think what you're doing with Tech is a New Black is is you're championing, you're you're being a champion for people, yeah. and I think people desperately want to have somebody that they know is in uh, is, is is on their team, is on their side of the court, um, and I feel like if you can create that type of ecosystem, you're going to be incredibly successful, bro. I got I got some other questions I want to ask, but sure. first I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the questions we have. Sure. If we have time, yeah, yeah. we're gonna jump. We're gonna unpack some other things. I'm so uh, glad I'm not hosting. By the way, yeah. it's so nice to sit oh, in the yeah, chair. Yeah, That's yeah, so yeah, nice yeah. to yeah. chair. Like, go ahead, Cyrus. Ask me that next question. I don't got to think about shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's over. I felt that way yesterday. I was I was on a podcast yesterday. It was so nice. It's it, so it nice is. when you don't have to host. And yeah. You just sit there like you ask me questions. Yeah, it's, it's like mm, drive. I can talk. Drive. I can talk. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. That's that's so real. Oh man, it, it's funny. Like when you're hosting, it's like you're kind of in the hot seat. Oh, you have hot seat because you're, you're like thinking and yeah. like you know you got it. You know here it's just like fuck. Ask me question, I'll answer. Yeah, man. Just, that's some nuggets for those of y'all that are thinking about eventually starting something. Just be prepared it's to a know lot. that it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's hard. It. All right, so let's let's delve a little bit into your background. Like, who is Taylor? So you're you're a husband. You're a father. But who were you? before tech before being a husband and a father like who were you and what led up to not even just you being in the tech industry yeah but also you meeting your wife like all that all of those things that came with it man well, i was born february 21st 1989 <laughs> 3 p.m no um i mean so i went to university of south carolina go gamecocks we lost in North Carolina last week. Don't want to talk about it. Uh, but um, so went to school. Um, I uh, uh, you know grew up in church. Yeah. Um, I was I was in the praise band. Um, I was a drummer. Um, and uh, in, in high school, uh, I was I was playing I was playing a little worship Wednesday service. You know how it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the bass player uh, was playing, and, and he was like he was like man he's like you're pretty good. I was like yeah, I appreciate that. Eric, you play bass, right? I play drums. Hey, yeah, that's what I'm talking. Okay. <laughs> Fellow drummers over here. Um, so all that being said, uh, basically this bass player was like, "Hey, um, I have a band. Do you want to be in it?" And I was like, "I mean, I was in like I was in eleventh grade at the time. I was like, sure, I'll be in a band." Yeah. My parents were like, "You're going to be in a band?" I was like, "Yeah." I don't know what it consisted of. Were they hype about that? Like, no, they weren't. They weren't. They were not <laughs> hype about it. They were not hype about it. Uh, my 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 parents did not like the thought of me traveling and and playing at smoky bars and stuff. And um, wow. and uh, actually, it's funny now. I uh, I love smoky bars. Like it brings me back. Um, oh yeah, that so much. So that yeah. sticky floor bars. It's great. Um, uh, so all that being said, I'm going to finish this story eventually. But um, so uh, I was in a band. Um, and actually I played in a band and that was the only band I was ever in. Um, and we played together for about, um, close to 10 years. Wow. Um, and, uh, we, we played all through college together, um, in Columbia, South Carolina. And we actually, um, by the time that we were finishing up our senior year in college, we were drawing about two to 300 people, um, in the area. Wow. Um, and, um, and so then we, um, uh, we went on a tour, went up to Nashville, um, and uh, my lead singer's dad knew an old, old um, like '90s country artist or, mm -hmm. or singer songwriter. Wrote uh, "Concrete Angel" by Martina McBride, um, Rob Crosby, which I think is a huge '90s hit, and then um, wrote a big old song by that Travis Tritt cut. Um, and so he saw us at the Bluebird mm -hmm. Cafe, and, and he was he came up to us. It was very Nashville. He goes, "I want to take y'all under my wing. Mm -hmm. Y'all should come up here your senior year once a month and and write and network." Mm -hmm. 
This is why I'm so passionate about This sounds like a Nashville dream Yeah, yeah, story. No, I, I'm like, so jacked. Dude, yeah. we, we literally got up to Nashville. The first day, we played Tootsie's. Tootsie's is like the bar on Broadway. We played Tootsie's at, at a lunchtime spot. It was one of those where like three people were in there. And by the time we were done, about 50 people were in there. It was yeah. one of those things. And, um, and 50 people in that upstairs bar is, if anybody's been to Tootsie's upstairs bar, it's very tiny. I think they've extended it out. That's not the point. Um, so all that being said, then like that night we got invited to like two or three more bars on the honky tonks because one of the bass players like loved us and he knew all that. I mean, we were playing Friday night honky tonks in Nashville when I was a junior in college. I was, I was like, this is it. This is it. I've made it. Oh I've yeah. Made it. Life. Superstar. Narrator. He did not make it. Um, <laughs> and so essentially long story short, we came up to Nashville, um, once a month. Um, but the reason why I'm so passionate about what I do now is I did not network. Mm. I sat in my hotel room. When my lead singer, so songwriting is the ultimate, songwriting is podcasting. Okay. So when you're a songwriter, you get in a room with two or three other songwriters who know a shit ton of people and you write a song together, Mm -hmm. right? Well, if you spend enough time with that person, you're going to, you're going to develop a relationship with that person. Yeah, true. Just like you and I, right? So in any podcaster. And so what I did, my ass was like sitting at the, at the, like, you know, the Johnson Johnson hotel, whatever it is. And like all my, all my ass, not networking, not doing anything, not going out, not doing anything. And so, um, I moved to Nashville, moved to Nashville after college. And then, um, we, we, we did a huge tour. Um, well actually um, I was serving tables. I was broke. I was working six nights a week. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and I grew up in the restaurant industry. My dad owned the Outback Steakhouse in my hometown for 25 years. Whoa, man. And, uh, and I, I, I knew nine to fives existed. I didn't know how to find them. Yeah. And this is why I'm so passionate about what I do is because I didn't know how to get a nine to five job. I didn't know how to use LinkedIn. I didn't know what the fuck Twitter was. Like, I didn't know all this stuff. And I went to a business school. Now, don't knock South Carolina education. That's a whole nother maybe conversation. But I didn't know any of it. How long ago was this? Oh, I graduated in 2011. Okay. So like, oh, man, yes, you should have known. Like, I should have known something yeah. more than I did. And so my idiot ass was going to pick up another night, nighttime job as a valet. And mm-hmm. I was like, and so my dad calls me up one morning. I wasn't the brightest. And so my dad calls me up one morning and goes, Hey, um, you need, you need to find a day job. Like he goes, I think you're going to be happier finding a day job. And I was like, well, how do I do that? And he was like, I don't know, Clit. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and so, um, there, 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 there's a group of us from my hometown moved up there was this one girl who nannied for somebody. I was like, well, shit, if they can afford a nanny, I want to do what that person does. Yeah. So, so, so they got a nanny. Yeah. So, so I hit that girl. I said, Hey, like who do you, who do you nanny for? And she was like, well, I don't know. I think she's like a recruiter or something. And I was like, all right, they don't teach you how to be a recruiter in college. And, and so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, could you can give me an interview? She goes, I don't know. We'll see. So like I called up the, the, the office, the VACO office that I worked at and I asked for her Came in, did an interview. Three days later, got the offer. Um, went on one more tour. She was pretty, very supportive. My very first boss was very supportive of, of my music career um, because the division I was in was kind of more junior level. Mm-hmm. And so went on a tour two weeks all the way up to Boston and back. Um, and we broke down the side of the road in the middle of South Carolina in the middle of August. And if you've ever been in South Carolina in August, it's not the best time to really break down the side of the road yeah. after traveling 13 hours back from New York City with God, no sleep. Dog. And after that, I said, I'm done. And yeah. so I kind of threw myself into recruiting. Um, I didn't know really, I, I didn't know what it was, and but I knew I, I, knew I was going to be the best at whatever I did. Whether I was a data analyst, I didn't know what a data analyst was, but whether I was a data analyst, a project manager, whatever, I was going to be the best at it. Yeah. And so I really hunkered down um, and spent the really the last 11 years of my career um, cultivating relationships and really focus on um, recruiting and then it really shifted as we started out the conversation meeting people where they're at about four years five years into my career as a recruiter I got really tired of how I did things and so that's when I started to go to conferences and 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 then really could the content boom that's happened over the last three or four years really because yeah. of code I think just threw gasoline on the fire yeah, it really did um, and uh, and so that's so that's all I do now so when did you go from because you mentioned being an agency recruiter. Yep. I'm not even fully sure what that is. So yeah, yeah. So two types of recruiting, that. agency, internal. So internal okay. recruiting is like if you work at Google and yeah. like you recruit for Google, that's okay, an internal cool. recruiter. Okay. Basically, if Google had problems finding one job, they would then call us. Okay. And then we would work out a deal with Google and then we would send them candidates and then we would supply them with candidates. Wow. I guess. It's like Robert Half Tech Systems are kind of the big fish. 
yeah. in the agency world that most people have heard of. Um, uh, that's that's kind of what that's. And then and then I was with Vaco, the company I was at for a long time. Um, we were two hundred million in revenue when I started, and we were a billion when I left. Jeez. Yeah. No. That's insane. Yeah. So, when did you transition from agency recruiting to being a to being a recruiter at a tech company? So that happened um, recently. Um, it happened in June of this year. June. Yeah. Oh, so June that was the transition that just happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So I, I, yeah. I, I don't even want, I don't even want to like like jump ahead. Okay. With that, okay. Yeah. 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 It's just this yeah. year. Like I mean, I'm so fresh. I guess like, I didn't even notice that. All right. So with your speaking, with your hosting, yep. with the company that you're at now. Yep. As far as you could tell, because some people that are at companies, you know, sometimes their company might or might not be comfortable with them doing something or building a certain brand. Sometimes it's a positive, sometimes it's a negative. I think this is my job. This is my job. Okay, cool. This is my job. Like literally, like they know I'm here. They they're like, go do we. So basically how I positioned myself when I was looking for a job is I wanted to be with a smaller company who had little to no marketing or content strategy. Yeah. Who basically, who, and I said, I said, I, with, with, with my impressions, I'm, ba- you basically hire a marketing department with me. Yeah, true. And, and, um, and, and not only that, but a developer advocate. Um, and then what my job is now, I'm heavily involved in product development. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing a lot with our developer relations team, teching out people. Um, I'm doing a lot with our um, sales team, mm-hmm. um, and then but I'm actually on the marketing team. So like literally, I am I am working across all divisions, and and the company I'm at is Gun.io. Um, we're a, a global company. We hire globally. Um, our bread and butter is freelancers. Mm-hmm. Um, so so if you're we we cater more towards the senior level side of things because as a freelancer, like you you kind of get thrown into situations. You can't be kind of junior in your career. Yeah. Um, and so uh, yeah, it's about sixty five percent of our business is part time freelance work, and the other twenty five thirty five percent is uh, full time work. Yo, so for everybody that's interested in what this guest is talking about, and you will love a similar career, I suggest you check out Course Careers Bootcamp. Course Careers is a bootcamp that I have been partnered with for well over a year now, and they have helped more people break into tech, I'll be honest, than any other bootcamp that I've personally seen. So look, Course Careers is only 500 bucks, that's it. Now they're a self-paced bootcamp that you can take and be able to get a variety of different roles in tech. So make sure you check them out, use our link below, and you'll get an additional $50 off. So that way all you pay is actually $4.49. That's it. No additional price later, no extra cost, extra fees. That's it with the price for course careers. And keep us posted on your journey breaking into tech. Based on like what you were doing, we're not to speak specific numbers, but how much financially did you transitioning from doing the work that you were doing before, whether working at the Outback or yeah, yeah. Like, how much did that change your life financially? Oh, I mean, well, so it's been gradual, right? I mean, you know, I, I didn't go from a zero, zero to a hundred real quick type situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I went to probably to like zero to six miles an hour and yeah. then maybe like 15 <laughs> and 60. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but, but all that being said, I, I think what was crazy is that, um, you know, uh, it, it, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and I think what's been really, really cool is, is my career really took off when I got, when I started dating, when mm-hmm. I got married and it's been really cool to grow in my career with my wife by my side. And, yeah. and she's, she's, she's a huge advocate with what I do. And, you know, thank you, Jackie, for letting me be here and watching our kid. Right. I mean, I mean, she's, she's so incredibly supportive and, um, and she's, she's a badass photographer, um, she actually did a shoot yesterday with Spotify. Um, oh, that's crazy! So, like, she's helped me with a ton of with all my branding too. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, again, it's been cool to walk this journey with her. Um. And she's been just so incredibly supportive, yeah. even even in my transition recently going to my new job. She's just been, I mean, I could not have asked for a better supportive wife. That's so far. Eric and I were talking uh, before we started recording today. We were talking about how, or well, one thing Eric has shared with me was how marriage has really helped him a lot in his career and hearing you like touch on that as well um like i guess how has marriage like how has marriage like helped you grow in your career jeez i mean marriage marriage is a mirror Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's the list yeah no for real i mean it's one of these things where 
Um, you know, uh, when at least for me, when you're single, you operate a certain way, and you operate yeah. in that certain way that's good for you. And okay. I, I think I, there's nothing wrong with that. I think mm-hmm. as you being single, I think you got to work through that. But I think I think when you put somebody in your life who you love and care about, and I, I think as guys too, let's just call it what it is. I, mm-hmm. I think I think we all have this like I want to go eat, sleep, hunt, kill type situation yeah, yeah, in, 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 yeah. in our bodies. And, mm-hmm. and I think I think when 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 you can bring a spouse in to to where you can kind of channel that energy and and work on it and form it, and it's not it's not fun sometimes. I mean, I'm a huge fan of counseling and therapy, and I'm in it and we're in it, and I'm a huge fan of it, but you start to mold yourself and you start to get rid of kind of those rough edges where where those rough edges were fine when you're mm-hmm. single yeah but when you start getting rid of those rough edges and all of a sudden you start to become more accepted by other people and then you start to be respected and then you start to kind of grow in your career and grow in your personal life and then you start to develop these relationships with other couples and then those couples pour into you and you pour into those couples and it, you you kind of become the best version of yourself and and yeah. and it takes time and it's hard there have been tears um they're you know working through past trauma yeah. um you know and, and which is something I'm really big on and that we all struggle with and trauma can be Trauma doesn't have to be physical. Um, it can be verbal. It can yeah. be. It can be however your body perceives it. And mm-hmm. and 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 with all this counseling um, and working together and having a wife to support you, you know, I've broken down crying with certain things and having her to hold you is just kind of this beautiful yeah, thing. And 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 when you can experience that, um, you kind of realize you can do anything. I'm gonna have a vulnerable moment real quick. Sure. One of the things, so I, I've been a person where I haven't been very driven in my life uh, sure. until the last few years. Mm. And it's kind of one of those things like once I just kind of became driven, it just, I've just been like, go, go, go. Sure. And now as I think about, cause I'm, I'm, I'm not married. You and Eric, y'all are married. Y'all have, y'all have children, y'all have families. As I think about marriage and I think about family, one, I know that it's something that, that God says is good for you. Mm-hmm. And I know just based on society, it's a good thing. It's a necessary thing because as less people are getting married, it, things are just kind of topsy-turvy right now. Right. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is a good thing. But at the same time, I look at it and I'm like, kind of how you mentioned that whole like, you know, that eat, hunt, sleep, sleep kill, kill that situation. whole thing. I get it. I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm afraid of marriage or that type of relationship softening me or slowing me down. Mm. And I'm like, I don't want to slow down. I want to just go. How, and, and really, I, like either one of y'all or both of y'all, because like, I mean, both, both <laughs> thanks, of y'all in a situation. Thanks, thanks. Like, because I mean, b- both of y'all are driven. I know, I know both of y'all. Both of y'all are driven. Both of y'all are accomplished and are accomplishing things. How do you navigate that as husbands and fathers to one where, like, like you mentioned, like you have that kind of rounding that's happening, kind of rounding out those sharp edges but at the same time, you have that motivating factor where you care so much about your family. Because I'm like, I'm motivated right now, really just kind of for me yeah. and the impact I'm making. Sure. And I'm like, I'm sure that'll be amplified with having a family. Mm-hmm. So how do y'all navigate that? I mean, listen, I'm going to be honest. I don't navigate it well. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I navigate it <laughs> We well. love the honesty. I mean, like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I struggle with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, literally, my wife texted me. Um, even today she goes, Hey, I just, uh, you know, we did have a wonderful trip to Italy that we just took. Um, but, uh, you know, she, we just, she was like, I just, I just want to connect. And I think one thing I struggle with, and I don't know about you is, mm-hmm. is being intentional with time with yeah. our plus one, because what happens Ooh. is I get so invested in work and I'm, there's always something to do with work. Yeah. And then I think as guys, we kind of have to be reminded, but our wives don't want to remind us to take time for them. They want us to do it for them. And so, mm. you know, one thing I struggle with is discipline, discipline around all areas of my life. Yeah. And that's something I'm trying to work on. And i tell you what, man, it, it, being disciplined is how we are supposed to live. And, and if you can channel that energy, like that's when it gets cool because what happens is, is then your work flourishes, mm-hmm. your ha- your family life flourishes, your spiritual life flourishes, yeah. and then it, and then it, and then it all is just abundant. And I, I agree wholeheartedly with you that um, that 
it's a work in process and I think it, it will forever be a work in process. But the thing about it, when you, uh, when you do choose to get married and have uh, kids, it's, uh, it's really the commitment that you're not going to give up regardless of how hard it's going to get. Cause mm. we're all flawed in many different ways and we're going to continue to be flawed in many different ways. So as you're growing and you're, and like you mentioned, you're going to see yourself and you're going to be like, Oh, I'm really jacked up in some areas because your spouse is going to be completely opposite and she going to see him and she going to call him out. And uh, and when you see those things, it's just it's just remembering that commitment to this person and growing to uh, growing to know and love this person. And as you're doing that, um, it's like it never it never ends because there's going to be season in life where you're going to change and evolve and then there's a new normal in your life and now you have to adjust to what's new in your life yeah. and then something may happen where she has a, a big change where now you're trying to adjust to the new her and then vice versa so it's, it's, it's just it's just something that's ongoing yeah. you really truly become the best version of yourself mm-hmm. and, and i think that's what marriage is for the one who wants it because there's married man who trash yeah 100 <laughs> percent. right uh but I, I think at the end of the day i think i think it i think you're not held accountable to a certain extent when you're single. Yeah, that's There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And I'm saying this out of myself and I am not perfect and I have a lot of work I have to do. But man, I tell you what, when I come home or like even yesterday, my wife was at that photo shoot. I got done with work. And if I was single, my ass would have like sat on the couch and just like done nothing. I went outside with my daughter and played outside and like we kicked the soccer ball around and, and, mm. and, and seeing her laugh. And, and it's just like, man, like that, that is what life is about. And I'm saying yeah. this now to remind myself because I also am trying to be a better father. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, I was never, I was never a guy that was like, I want kids. Like I, that was never me. Yeah. Um, and so even now, like I'm still trying to, 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 be a better father and open up my heart and be softer. Yeah. Um, but I tell you what, man, it, when, when you feel yourself kind of becoming softer towards your kids and towards your wife and your heart is soft, like you really, really realize that like work is great, but it's not everything. Yeah. And, and, and life just becomes sweeter. Like there's just no other way to say it. And that kid, that kid, the kid situation really slow you down because it really, it really teaches you to appreciate, uh, moments because sometimes, um, you, like you mentioned, you'll get home and you'll just want to sit down and do nothing. And your your son or daughter will be will be tugging at you and you won't want to do it. But all they really it they probably will, will probably have your attention for all of two minutes. But because we be in our heads so much or having yeah. that, I just want to be to me. Sometimes we'll ignore that. But when you actually give in to that and spend that one or two minutes with them because they attend, they'd be ready to, to go off to the next thing. It's just the most beautiful uh, feeling ever. Wow. Man, yeah. When when she goes, "Daddy, I love you," and hugs you, you're man, like, "Man, it's a wrap." <laughs> I'm fucked when she's 16. It's a wrap, <laughs> yo. That's that's beautiful, man. That, that's so beautiful, man. So this this is so, so important. Obviously, this, this for me, I'm taking a bit of a selfish moment, sure. Uh, but at the same time, let us know in the comments if y'all get value from this conversation as well, because it's important to talk about these things. Because as we talk about, you know, getting the bag in tech, leveling up, sometimes many of us, like myself can become so driven on on getting in this industry scaling that we start to not look at our relationships we start to neglect our family our friends the people that matter in our lives and so sometimes we think that oh once i get to a hundred thousand once i get to 150 a quarter million whatever it is oh that's when i'll start to care about these things yeah and listen i'm I'm gonna be i'm gonna interrupt you sorry i I, because i want to say this i have taken a pay cut Wow. I have taken almost a 50% pay cut mm. because of how bad the market's been. Yeah. Um, there, it is, it has made me realize a lot of things. Yeah. It has made me realize that, you know, it, it's funny, you know, my, my, my wife and I went to Miami for react to Miami. You yeah. know, you gotta get the designer bag, right? Yeah. right. You gotta get the designer shoes, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you go up to New York, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the same thing. Right. And then you get back home on your farm. You're like, why the fuck did I buy this designer shit? I'm on a farm. I'm on a farm. Right? Oh, my God. And so I say that. The reason why I say that is is because... Is because after taking a fifty percent pay cut and, and and honestly like just being totally vulnerable, this is this is how I run, this is how I do life. Is that like it's been on my heart? Like I told Jackie this two nights ago. I was like, I don't know if we're ever going to get back to where we were. Wow, I don't. And and she goes, she goes, you know what, Taylor? That's okay. Wow, that's okay. Mm. And 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 what I've realized is that who am I trying to impress? 
Whoa. Like the, 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 the men and women in my life who accept me and who love me, they don't care that I got a designer shoes. They don't care yeah. that I got, you know, the watches. They don't care that any of that stuff. They yeah. want to just come over and pet a fucking horse. Yeah. Yo, I, 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 we, I was just telling telling Silas this earlier that um about because often we do get in that that mode of like wanting to impress people uh, with with our things. Like before me and my wife got married, um, I, I told Cyrus that we we probably wouldn't have been married had it gone the way I wanted it to go because mm-hmm. I wanted this big elaborate of wedding and it was probably gonna be fifty sixty thousand dollars. We that, had that. that we, we regretted it. Do. And listen, and and had had I had the budget, had I wanted to do work to do it, it would probably taken years for me to get the money to save up to do it. But then we had a moment where we were sitting on the couch and she just looked at me. She was like, you know, I really don't care about all of this uh, having a big wedding and stuff. She was just like, I really just want you. And uh, and when she Mm -hmm. said that, she was like, I I get that we, we want these things, but. If it was just me and you together, like that would that would be all right, and that like softened all of that I'm ego. Over here crying, and, uh, that's not even my wife. Listen, that, that softened like everything Dang. in me, and I was like, you know what, like that's that's real. And from that moment, like we ended up uh, deciding that we were just gonna get married in a courthouse. And two weeks later, from the from the time we had the conversation, we ended up uh, getting married. And one of our a good friend of ours let us do it in a small chapel where we were able to bite. Uh, 25 people but that that conversation just broke me because all of the stuff that i wanted and how i wanted to impress uh people because that's really what it, when when you get all of this yeah, stuff dude, it's, it's just, really it's yeah, really listen, for people it's a big dick competition right yeah, the end yeah, of the day, like 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 weddings like that but you know what we had that we mm. had we had it mm. it was awesome and i tell you what though we talk about it that we're not friends with half the people that were in our wedding party listen man now i'm gonna say this my wife and i are bougie as hell <laughs> We are. Um, we we are like too. nice things. We we like to travel nice, right? Like we just spent a crap ton of money in Italy, right? We spent way too much money in Italy. So I'm I'm not going to sit here and say we're perfect, but I will tell you this. And my wife and I've had more conversations, more intentional conversations around finances, especially during this time of my career shift. And I tell you what, it, it's it's allowed us to be happier. Mm-hmm. It's allowed us to not be like well, we need this, we need that. I mean, pretty much at this point, I'm like, listen, the only thing I want is more ink. That's it. Ah. That's it. That's all I want. Yeah. Right. And 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 so um so yeah, again, I just want to preface like while I say all this, I'm still a work in progress. While I say all this, my wife and I are still bougie, but at the end of the day, I think having these conversations and putting things in perspective is huge. I think the most important component though is just being in progress. Because there are a lot of like you mentioned your work in progress. There are so many of us, so many people that are just refusing to even do the they're so afraid of whatever it's so hard as men it is so hard to face your trauma mm. it is so hard to work on yourself it is so hard to be open to that with other men yeah man and you know That's what real. like like who gives a fuck like yeah. who cares That's like real. because in my opinion like the vibe of this conversation is more enriching than some of the conversations than many of the conversations i've had over the last few months yeah mm. That's it's because real. we're vulnerable. We're creating That's a place real. where we're vulnerable, and, and and I think I think if, especially as men, um, if we can get vulnerable and we can get on each other's level, and be like, yo, I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling with that. I, I I think then then we start breaking down walls of racism. Yeah, we start breaking down walls of of terrible marriages, yeah. and we start mm-hmm. breaking down just childhood uh, cur- like um, uh, was it generational curses mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we're bringing. Yeah. And, and and it all starts with with this. That's real. With Facts. men with this. Facts. That's very real. Oh man, man, so so enriching. Look, hopefully y'all are getting a lot out of this. We're getting a lot. We out did, of this. We did. We're not talking anything. Career <laughs> stuff. It's <laughs> a hard left turn. Hey, this, so look, this, this is life. life. This is we're real. Taking, we're going to church right now. <laughs> we're going to church. This is real. Hey, look, on a Friday at yeah. seven. <laughs> I got guys. We only did church on Sundays and Wednesdays. This Friday thing is some Pentecostal oh, bullshit. Right yeah. now. Got here. Anybody got the snake? Who's got the snake in here? Who's got the tongue? Who's saying the snake? I'm done. Yo, let us know in the comments if y'all know what he's talking about when he says if anybody Dude, got some the snake. Be like, the hell is he talking no, about? No, I'm curious. There's gonna be some people that, that's gonna know. Man, it's gonna resonate let, with some people. Let us throwing know. hands. Let me the raising hands. Hey, look. Let us know in the comments who this is meant for. This is meant for somebody. Obviously, it's meant for us. Yeah, fair. But also, we want to know who else to this communicate with let us know like let us know in the comments like look be vulnerable as well communicate with us in the comments let us know how this is commun- like touching you 
you know, tell us your story. Give us your feedback based on some of the things that we've shared as well. Because, again, we want to, like, engage. We want to have more conversations like this. And so uh, we're still definitely going to get into some, some, some tech stuff, some, some recruiter stuff, some tips and things like that. <laughs> Nevertheless, we want to also have some more uh, enriching conversations because yeah. we want to care about people holistically. Well, because so, I mean, this comes into your career. Yeah, it does. Right? If, yeah. you, if you're home, you listen, I, one of the best things I was ever told by one of my former bosses in Raleigh, Sid Michener and Taylor Roberts, want to give you all a shout out. They said, if it's not right at home, it's not going to be right at work. Ooh. Okay. They, 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 they would literally send... Like, like I was, I was single at the time in a terrible relationship. Um, and my boss would send my other boss home if it wasn't right at home. He goes, you're not going to be here right wow. now. You go home and fix it. You go home and talk to your wife. Wow. Man, that's incredible. So so just, just a little bit, if you could unpack that a little bit further. Yeah. So if it's not right at home, it's not right at work. Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, if I work at home. Yeah. If my wife and I have an argument and I got to go into my office and try to have a live session with you it's not yeah. happening not happening it's not it's happening. distracted as hell it's our hard enough doing what you're doing yeah right when That's you're hosting and, and if you're back in your mind's like oh I'm gonna fucking tell her right in the, right in the next room yeah <laughs> you're right like yelling in the next room. you're like yelling you know how it is when you get in a fight with your spouse or your partner it's like oh I'm gonna tell her I'm gonna show her and then you're on a call at work trying to sell or trying to be yeah. you and it ain't gonna work That's it's real. Work. man Got to get it right at home. I love that, man. Yeah, shouts out to them for real for yeah. that. Yeah. Sid Mitchner. Sid Mitchner, Taylor Roberts. You guys are on something. Man. So, all right. Now, one of the things you talk about is you saying that some of the, the, the hiring in the tech industry is broken. Yep. So, how is it broken and how do you believe it can be fixed? Um, Man, this is a whole... I mean, literally, I'm speaking on this tomorrow. Okay. Um, a whole hour session on this. But... I mean, at the really the end of the day, I you know I think it's the, it's one of those memes out there where it's like a picture of uh, the T Rex from um, uh, Jurassic Park. It says tech interviews, and then it's like tech jobs, and it's like the dinosaur from Toy Story. <laughs> I am yo, that's so true. That's how it is sometimes. That's it. You're like, how's it? That that's it. At the end of the day, oh, and, and this and this goes into inclusive interviewing, which I'm really big on. It's you got to meet people where they're at, right? People yeah. could have um, you know a bad day. Um, people could have problems at home mm -hmm. and they interview and then you're going to reject a candidate because they didn't answer your algorithm question correctly when Man. at the end of the day you do paired programming and then you're going to be working with somebody anyways but yet you're going to judge this person on a one-on-one -on -one interview it just it's just it, 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 we got to figure out the interviewing in my perspective in tech is hey it's not, we want you, let's have a conversation to fit you into our organization. It's, hey, you proved to us that you belong here. Yeah. And that's, that's a true. terrible, terrible way to interview. That is. Man, that really is. I never even thought, like, and that, that's so true. Because like I guess in my mind, the way my mind works. That plastic, that plastic dinosaur is all <laughs> I can think about now. Toy Story. I was just like, I was like, yo, like, I mean, shoot, I just do whatever it takes. Yeah. But for you to address, I mean, you're well positioned to to address it this way because, again, you've been on that side. Yeah. You are on that side and you're able to see that. And so you, you touched on some of the ways that they should change it. How do you think, what do you think that looks like for companies to start making that change? I mean, I, I, first off, this is going to be a hot take, but I don't really give a fuck. You got to yeah. get rid of Cody, code, coding, code, live coding or just algorithm stuff like i'm fine sure. i'm fine with you got it listen if you're hiring a developer you got to see if they can code i get yeah, it yeah. so you got to have some sort of thing to evaluate it but at the end of the day so let's say this let's say you and i go on a date cyrus you're an ugly girl but let's say you and i go on a date. <laughs> i love you what uh basically you um, coming on the show yeah, again <laughs> yeah but so let's say you go on a date and let's say i come up with 25 questions. Yeah. And we don't deviate from those 25 questions. And I don't have a conversation like we just had in here. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to get to know you a certain amount. Yeah. But it's not going to feel good for you. And and I'm probably not going to really get to know the true Cyrus. Yeah. Right? That's the problem with the interviewing. Is that it's a bunch of fabricated questions that are made up to try to stump people. And so you're going to you know, bring them through the ringer. And then you're going to try to make a hire off of that. So for me, for me, it's one of these things where I think it's better if you meet the person where they're at, have a conversation. One, one, one of um, 
one of my favorite engineering leaders in Nashville, he literally, all he does is he dives into the passion of the person and a problem that that person has experienced in their past. And they talk about that problem mm-hmm. as the coding problem and to see how they work through it. So again, I think having the interview, if again, I, I've seen hundreds of companies fail and hundred com, hundreds, if not close to thousands of companies fail at this point, the few that have succeeded and succeeded well is three rounds. It's a first round call where the first round interview is primarily them selling the opportunity to the candidate, not vice versa. The second call is a live coding paired programming situation, but it's more conversational. And then, and with, with the review with it. And the third round is going to be another conversation with the team and or leadership. And that's it, man. That's it. Yeah. Cause I've seen a lot of five and six round interviews lately and it's mm-hmm. like, listen I, I i think there's a lot of ego wrapped up in interviews yeah mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of well i'm the vp i gotta have my say do you do you have yeah, to have your you? say you ain't gonna see this person You're never ever. engage with the ever. person and yet you gotta have a conversation with this person why yeah. because you gotta feel like you're valued in the organization because you're higher level leadership and let's face it higher level leadership gotta justify themselves especially right now oh yeah very true right with all these layoffs that are happening man and so so for me i i think i think if you can keep it simple Understand that at the end of the day, you got to try to get to know the person and not the code. You'll be successful. Yeah, it's so funny. I think about just because uh, I didn't. I, I guess I never even really thought about it until now. Where I'm like, man, I think about some of the companies I interviewed with, and I think about some of the. I'm not even gonna say the roles, but some of the people that I interviewed with that were like high up, and I and I had to interview with them. It's just, and, and I'm you like, feel weird I, I actually, like, I never engaged with them ever again <laughs> ever. the whole time I was at yeah. the company. Or it might, it might have been the whole time I was there once or twice. And it'd be for some kind of like random, like one And not thing. enough to justify a step in the interview process. And yeah, and it's like, man, why is that? And it's like, oh, okay. Make, makes total sense now. Looking for a job in tech can be tricky, but what if there's a way to automate the entire process? That's where Octoply.ai comes in. See, this software does all the work it takes for you to get hired from researching companies to scheduling interviews, and all you have to do is just show up. Octoply.ai is the first application of its kind that will find jobs that your top applicant for, apply to roles, reformat your resume, and manages interviews all while you sleep. So if you're tired of the tedious job search, try Octoply.ai today and let technology work for you. So so we talked about what's broken with, with many tech companies in the interview yeah. process and what companies can do to fix that. Let's, let's swing it around. Let's talk about people that want to level up their careers. So question I have on here. Now, how can job seekers level up their interview game? First off, be intentional, man. Like we are not in a position right now where you can sleepwalk through the interview process and get five offers anymore. That's real. Um, you know, I, I posted a clip uh, this week uh, with Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein is huge in the data space. He's in Nashville. He was at AWS and had written a book. Um, and uh, basically, uh, he, the the clip was talking about like men. You need to groom. You need to make sure your hair's done. You need to make sure, like, if it's in person, you brush your teeth. And, and here's the deal. And in and, and the copy, because people are going to come at me with pitchforks on that one. In the copy, in the writing, I said, listen, we're not talking about you actually need to shave your head or you need to cut your beard. What I'm saying is, is right now in this time, in this market, you can't get away with not attention to detail. Yeah, that's real. Right? Ask the questions. Do the research. Um, you know, I went through a job search recently. It is exhausting. And you got to bring your A game. And if you don't bring your A game, you're gone. That's real. Yeah. And, 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 and that may, that may freak some people out. And I understand that, but right now you got to, you, you have to make sure you're doing, you're going through all the steps, Yeah, all the steps. Again, research the company, research people you're interviewing with, have your resume in front of you, an, an underrated thing, have a pen and paper in front of you where, um, if you think about something, when the interviewer is talking, you don't interrupt them. You write it down. Yeah. No one does that. We just interrupt people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, and also to it looks better. I've actually asked multiple hiring managers. Will it look better if I'm typing on the keyboard or taking notes on a notepad? Ooh. Every single manager goes notes Ooh. on a notepad. Yeah. Cause that way, cause people think you're chat GPT in it or Googling answers and yeah, stuff. That's real. Don't type. Mm-hmm. Right. Be like, Hey, sorry. I, I got to write this down real quick. Let them know from beginning of the interview. Hey, Mr. Miss so-and-so I have a pen and paper right here. And I'm yes. going to be taking notes. 
uh, just just so you know if I'm writing, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's right. Dope. So that way you can keep it going. Have your resume in front of you. I don't care how well you think you know your background. You don't know all your background. That's have real. your resume in front of you. I mean, I mean, print resume, not on the computer. I mean, have it in front of you where you can even take notes on it. Yeah. Um, and come up with questions. My website. I have a ton of stuff on my website. Um, you know, that you know, it's just like going on a date. Like if you go on a date, and then like you're like, all right, what do you want to know about me? And they go, no, I'm good. You're like. All right, we done. Yeah. <laughs> right? so, so you're saying that that's how bad it can look if that's somebody yeah. is in an interview and the company's like, what questions do you have? Yeah, for and us? they'll say, oh, you answered all of them. We'll come up with better ones. Like, that's just lazy. <laughs> just lazy. Yeah. You can't do that. That's real. That. That's real. Man, that, that's good. So, so, as a, so in, in your position, have you ever seen times where, you know, you ask someone or someone on your team asked someone, like, hey, what questions do you have for us? And they would say, oh, uh, I don't have any questions, or I'll let them answer. What does that typically look like? Like, like or what does that look like on the, for the, the company when they're observing? Well, I think it's just it's just it's just lazy. You didn't yeah. do your research. You didn't come up with questions. Like, are you telling me that? Like, and I will tell you this too. I went through the interview process, and I'm actually so glad I went through a job search recently mm-hmm. because I talk about this stuff, and I've never gone through a job search. Oh, mm. yeah, that's good. So it's like you got so now I can be like I actually went through the job search. Yeah, that's real. Right? That's in the real. middle of this recession and got a job in 4 mm-hmm. weeks. Right? And 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 the one thing that I want to say is that um I think one of the things about the interview process is that I don't think you actually can talk about everything. I went through there the 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 company I'm at now um gun.io like I think they did a great job interviewing but at the end of the day I still didn't know a lot. Mm-hmm. Because you you can't talk about everything, so you you have like the fact of the matter is that I had so many questions. I had so many questions. I had so many. I didn't get any oh, answer about, about the company. Yeah. Wow. And so it's like it's like if anything, if you don't have any questions, like that is mind boggling to me now that I've gone through the job search process. Yeah. Wow. Because I had so many questions that I couldn't even get to. Dang. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can I can definitely say that I was able to see a huge shift when I had questions in all the interviews i just had question after question it turns into a conversation yeah it really does the problem is is that people are like i hate interviews you hate interviews because you don't have a fucking conversation you sit there and go yes no yes a b c <laughs> yeah so no weird. wonder why you hate interviews i would hate interviews too yeah right turn it into a conversation right and the, the way you do that is you know instead of saying i don't know be like hey i don't know but i think you're talking about this and but I've done that here is that correct yeah right or you know hey do you have any questions sure that's your time to flip the interview yeah. and make it a conversation yeah. that is the prime opportunity for that so yeah again questions questions are huge man I sometimes would try to find questions that I, I would think and not, not to trip not to trip the interviewer up but I would sometimes try to like find questions that I generally want to know the answer to and it would be about the role but it would be questions that I felt would show them that I understood the role in a very like like a deep level. So I, like just and and sometimes it wouldn't even be that deep. Like let's say like as a sales engineer, one of the things a sales engineer, you know, usually you are assisting two to sometimes four, sometimes eight account executives sure. being looped in on their demos. Sure. One of the questions I would ask companies, I would just simply ask like, hey, look, you know, you know, uh, if, you know, if I end up working with your company, like how many, like what size team of account executives would I be servicing? And just automatically communicating to them, hey, I understand that I'm going to be working with a team of account executives. Many times I'll mention like, I know it's standard for there to be two, maybe four. How many am I going to be working with? Mm -hmm. And many times I've seen just even simple questions like that, then being like, oh, so you understand how this goes. Right, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so simple question for them to answer, but sometimes, depending on who I was interviewing, because obviously in rounds of interviews, I might be interviewing sure. someone that doesn't really understand that aspect right, of right, things. Right. But just even asking that to where they're like, uh, I don't know, I'm going to check on that for you. So then... Now so we have to have a follow-up conversation. Exactly. Exactly. You know, even even if you have to ping me on LinkedIn or I can reach out to you and it's like, hey, what's the answer on that question? And so I, I've noticed just like how that would like help just even in interviews, like having questions that shows my knowledge about the job. What was really cool, I'm super blessed. <clears throat> um, the company I joined, gun.io, um, they built 
they built a product that I was in my mind trying to build at my previous company. Like what was that? So basically it is a, <laughs> um, it is a platform to where hiring managers, we're actually rolling this out soon, hiring managers, uh, I'm sure I can talk about this, if not, oh well. Um, basically, uh, hiring managers can come on, you give us a little bit of information, name, email, that's it, and be like, and then you can type in all of your parameters of what you want in a developer, price, location, all that stuff, yeah. and then it pulls up everything but the developer's names. So oh, literally, wow. like an engineering manager would be like, so for example, like um, my friend Kelly Vaughn, who I'm presenting with tomorrow on kind of the same topic, like I was talking to her today because we had lunch and I was like, I rolled this out. She goes, actually, that's a great idea. She goes, I need a mid-level developer. I need two mid-level developers and I need them to be able to either, they can work in Canada, US, Mexico, or South America. Yeah. Kind of like mm. um, that. And she goes, the fact if I can do that on your platform, she goes, I would 100% use your platform. Mm. So that we're rolling that out. Also too, if you're a developer, this is what I had is that like is, is almost crowdsourcing jobs. So you have to apply to get on to our platform. And once you're in our wow. platform, we crowdsource all of our jobs. So we post all of our jobs in our Slack channel and then you as a developer can apply to it. You never have to send your resume. We are, our, our product is a basically an application that you fill out. So you never, we, we never exchange resumes with our clients. It's just like, hey, we send you four profiles, you can pick and then you can interview Oh, that's fine. And so, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're, we are like, I truly believe we're revolutionary, like the hiring game because we're making it so much easier to have full transparency into the inventory. So we have, we have close to 3000 engineers across the globe on our platform mm. that you can come on and pick and, it, and, and they're all senior, all senior. Oh, that's fire. That that's, that's so far. So I, so I think about like what Octoply and one of the things that we're working on is something somewhat similar where someone can type in and say, or they can basically say, hey, we need to hire 50 people mm, for this role if it's right, like a right. mass hiring going on. And, but I'm curious. So, so one of the things, and I'm kind of like opening up about something that we're doing. Sure. And this might give an idea, it might not, whatever. But one of the things we thought there was, okay, what if a company is like, okay, they want to hire X amount of people. They want half of those people to be women and people of color. They right. also still want to make sure they're qualified. They sure. want to make sure that people, either whether they have a degree or certain certifications, whatever, and being able to source through and and find all of those different individuals is that so I, I love the component of it not providing a name mm -hmm. it just literally providing hey this is who How the person profiles? is like it'd be like 50 people yeah like 10 people two people yeah so is there and again i know this is something that's new is there something that's being thought about or being considered whenever it's because I love how it's it's going as granular to say, hey, we need the people to live in these regions. We need them to have these qualifications. Is there something that's being like talked about or thought about that you even know of that's like, hey, OK, we also want to make sure that some of them are women or some of them are people of color or some of them are like like what are yeah no i think i think that's I, and that gets tough yeah yeah it gets tough i so i haven't dug in we haven't dug in that deep um yeah. i literally just did a call with the product team this week about mm -hmm. that um but that's actually a really good question that's a really yeah. good question and again i mean i don't think most people don't realize like how hard it is to like build out these tools especially it's something so, that's literally new. I mean, we have an engineering team right? and so Man, but I I, I love I love literally what's being worked on though. Like I I love that so much. So uh, we got we got a couple more we got a couple more questions. <laughs> Somebody, we got to this would happen. Oh man. So how does somebody network who's terrible at networking? So it's funny you ask that because I'm a huge introvert. Okay. So like oh, yeah. yeah, like I crash and burn pretty hard. Like oh, yeah. like this is it. Oh, like yeah. I'm gonna go do dinner and I'm gonna go to bed. Like. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm a huge introvert. So like networking, like, like I was actually at a render event in Nashville earlier this week. We were at Soho house in Nashville, showed up, Young Gravy was there. I was like, who, I was like, Young Gravy was just so awesome. That's crazy. There were so many people. Soho house is usually chill. Yeah. Right. Usually chill. Great vibes. I've heard so much about Soho house. I've not been to any of them. I feel so bad. If you ever come through Nashville, please let me know. Yeah. My wife's the member. Of course she's cooler than I am. But all that being said, I showed up, I texted my wife, I said, this is my nightmare. I said, there's so many people. I didn't know any of them. It was loud. I was like, this is literally my nightmare. <laughs> the biggest thing is, is if you're bad at networking, the buddy system is huge. Mm -hmm. The buddy system is huge. What's the buddy system? So just try to go to an event where you know somebody and go and like be by their side. Yeah. Right? Like 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 if like if I were to go, let's say Thrive Conference, yeah. right? Shout out Thrive Conference. Um, 
uh, if if I were to go, like I'd probably find you or Jarrett immediately. Yeah. Because I know both <laughs> of you guys, right? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm going to be with y'all. Y'all just got to deal with it, right? So, <laughs> like, like, that's me. Um, and so uh, that's my biggest advice. Um, mm-hmm. I also think, too, I think people overcomplicate networking. Um, I've talked to a lot of people, especially leading up to Render. They were like, I've got a 30-minute elevator pitch. I said, first off, that elevator is broken. I said, I said, second off, I said, no one wants to talk to you for 30 minutes. Barely my mom wants to talk to me a for 30 minutes. 30-minute elevator? Literally, I had multiple people say, oh, I have 30 minutes down. And I was like, no. Go up to somebody and be like, hey. Love your stuff. Love your talk. What's your name? Can we connect on LinkedIn and move on? It's not hard. Yeah. Right? Now, I'll tell you this. I think social media is the greatest unlock of networking to date. Yeah. Because here's the deal. How many times when you meet somebody, do you open up your phone and get their phone number? And then you go, okay, great. I'll call you. And forget. You never call them. I was at InvestFest last week. I got some dope people's numbers because they, they wanted to exchange numbers. And now you numbers. don't remember their name. You don't know where they're on the phone I can't remember their number. You know? I'm like, man. But but if you get on Instagram yeah. and they start posting, liking, mm-hmm. commenting. Hey, what's up? Yes. Hey, man, so good to see you. Hey, girl, so good to see you. Hey, we should sync up. Hey, we, you know, let's let, let's hang next week, yes. right? That's what I'm saying. You got to realize social media is like your phone book on display. Mm. Oh, that's fire. And so if you can... Use and also, by the way, y'all stop being stingy with your likes. Oh, yeah, stop being stingy. Right. I, listen, and I find myself being stingy. I'm like, why am I being stingy with my likes? I like, like your friend's shit. I'm like Cyrus, everything. Shit. Like your give your friends the biggest daps ever. There's one yeah. creator in DC, he's a runner. I love him to death. His name is Carl, Carl Nard. What's going on, buddy? Never met this dude, love him to death. He was in the military, he creates crazy ass content. And, um, I like all of his shit. I gas him up. Yeah. You know what? It is so hard to do what you're doing. It is so hard to create content. You feel like you're in a void so much. And if you're not giving daps to people, they're, 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 you're, you're, you're not encouraging them. And, and the thing is, yeah. is if you can, going back, full circle, if you can bring the energy and you can make them feel a certain way, yes. that's going to endear you to them. Yeah. Right? There are people on my show. I'm sure you're the same way. You go a lot. You go, you're a maniac with lives. Um, I'm sure there are people who consistently show up in the comments you've never met before, but you know who they are. Oh yeah, definitely. Always. Definitely. Always. And when I, when I meet those people in person, I almost forget I've never met them in person before. Right. Mm. Because I'm like, crazy. I'm like, man, we, we've, we've engaged. I've seen you engaged so much. And I'm like, is the first time I mean, there's so many people who's commented, um, on my shit that if I were to run into them, I'd, I'd be BFS with them and man. I've never met them. Incredible. And that's the power of networking. People think you got to go to a meetup or you got, and listen, those are important. You got to go in person. Yeah. But literally, you, I, I have changed the trajectory of my career by leveraging social media to network. Would you say, I love you mentioning that, would you say that there is similar value? So let's say someone's on LinkedIn, and because so many people get on LinkedIn and they just think apply, 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 reach out to recruiter, reach out to recruiter, reach out to recruiter. One of the things I usually share is, hey, like part of it is really you using it like social media. Yeah, connect with the recruiter, but engage with their content, comment, show love, give insight. Do you believe that that brings value in a way to where it can like sometimes allow that recruiter to be like, hey, like, let me check on. okay, this person messaged me. Let me pay maybe a little bit closer attention when they message me because getting a lot of recruiter, a lot of messages all the time. It's like, how do you think that would affect that? Do do you uh, I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but I'm going to say this because I think it's the fire analogy. Do you build a house with just a screwdriver? No. So you better not just rely on the job search by mass applying. Come on. Right? Yeah. And I think that's the thing. People think like the more tools that you can use in that you can have in your tool belt, the more successful you are going. Now, I'm fine with mass apply. There are people, I'm sure you've seen it, where you post on content, like don't mass apply. Like, well, I found a job on mass apply. Well, I'm happy for it. Yeah, exactly. I get it. But at the end of the day, that's your screwdriver. Yeah. Screw, screwdriver I'm not very tool oriented my wife does my wife is the husband of the relationship I'm oh, okay with yeah. that right she yeah I know for a fact that you can only do so much with a screwdriver yeah right you need a hammer you need some nails you need a saw right and, and, and I think that's what that's how using these things the networking on social going to conferences going to meetups going on other people's podcasts liking and commenting on people's statuses mm-hmm. mass applying all of those things are tools in your tool belt yeah again don't know if they answered your question but i want no, to no, get that out that there. definitely answered the question i love that so much all right so we're wrapping up we got cool. one last question so i know a lot of people like yourself 
who were laid off. Mm-hmm. And one thing I didn't get to touch on, you mentioned this briefly, but you were laid off. And fr- from my angle, and I know like w- w- things look faster on social media. Yeah, they do but look from, a lot faster. From on my vantage point, it looked like you got laid <laughs> off, and like a week later, you were <laughs> announcing that you were at another company. Yeah, I was like, yo, that was the fastest <laughs> like layoff yeah. new hire I've ever seen. Yeah, and most people though I've seen, I've seen a few a few friends that something like that happened with I've seen a few friends where their entire team got let go mm. but they didn't get let go mm. and one of them recently told me that they believe one of the things that protected them or insulated them from getting let go is because they built a brand on social media yeah. showcasing their knowledge to where one their company didn't want to lose them but even people who've gotten let go many of them were able to quickly bounce back because they were building some type of brand on social media, on LinkedIn, and so many other companies wanted them that once they lost a job, other companies were like, oh yeah, we will take you with the quickness. So my question is, what are some suggestions that you would give someone, whether it's with social media or other things they can do that could build, not job security, but career security? So I'm gonna say this, my brother um, is is in tech, he's a product owner, Mm -hmm. Um, he does not do social. He does not do conferences. Mm-hmm. He does nothing. Mm-hmm. He has been very successful in finding a job. Okay. So I'm going to say this now. Say at the camera. You don't need to do it. Okay. But. But. We live in an era of social proof. Yeah, that's true. We live in an era of social proof. And 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 for me, one thing I realized, especially if you're on the talent side, one of the biggest things that I'm seeing is companies want people who can move the needle and bring people into the organization or drive sales. Yeah, true. Right, and 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 if and if you are one of the things I had to talk to Gun.io and a few other companies to interview with, they were all interested in what was the business value I brought to the organization. Podcasting is great yeah. for the sake of podcasting; it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, well, how does that turn into business dollars? Right. Yeah. And so that's something I had to talk about. And so, but like you know, again, like organizations need the best talent. Yeah. And so if you are there and you know a lot of people through your content, you're going to be a valued asset to the yeah. organization because you know people. And so also another thing too is that like, it's, I hate to say it, but like if, if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, did it fall? It's that kind of situation. That's and so if you're weird. out here talking about successes that you're doing and what you're learning and what you're implementing, you're out on social and you're talking about all this stuff, I mean, listen, I'm going to tell you this. Like when I left my company, I was at, I can't tell you the amount of DMs that were like, holy shit, what happened? Man. Because I spent three years building this brand and everyone's like, every, I mean, every, every, a, lot, a lot of words were said about me leaving and they were like, holy cow. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of these things where if you can endear yourself to the, your community, especially in the tech ecosystem, because the tech world's small, yeah. right? I just met Cam. Right, yeah. who knew Jarrett, who knows you. Now yep. I know you. I mean, it's just, it, the tech world is so small. And, and, and if you can become something within the tech world and draw attention, companies are gonna want you because it not only helps bring in talent, but then it also helps, it, it's really a marketing tool for them too. Yeah. So again, do you have to do it? No, but I will tell you this, the amount of doors that's unlocked for my career is pretty pretty tremendous. Yeah, Like being here. Yeah, bro, I love it. Taylor, man. Man, you dropped so many gems and nuggets. Uh, we had like a therapy session. Yeah, really we cried, we laughed. <laughs> I think we had a full stuff. day. That's Today. real. That's sweating. real. Sweating, bro, Chance man, man, it's, it's it's really been a blessing. Like getting to know you so far. I sincerely look forward to getting to know you more. Same. And uh, bro, man, thank you so much for coming on Tech as a New Black. Absolutely, dude. Thanks for having me.